0: Every year I know we're gonna go hard We've been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't sure with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will say All right, all right, good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags. Joining me as always is Dane. And unfortunately, we're coming to you here on Monday night after a Packers loss to the Falcons in week two, 25-24. Packers looked good through three quarters and just unfortunately were not able to hang on against the Falcons in Atlanta. Dane, we knew this would not necessarily be an easy game, but the way that this was set up, uh, we were sure hoping, I think, uh, to be able to, pull this one off, especially considering the fact that we went into the fourth quarter with a 24 to 12 lead. Um, so shorthanded or not with all the injuries that we had, I think that's probably what's the most gut wrenching when you think about this game.
1: Yeah. Hey, good morning or good morning. Good evening. Uh, happy Monday night. We're recording on Monday evening. Um, yeah. It's disappointing. It, it was a disappointing loss. Uh and, in, in Frankly, injuries are not an excuse. They're never an excuse. Um, But there's a lot of positives from this as well. I'm I'm certainly not. Wags going to be somebody that the sky is falling after this loss. I think there's a ton of positives to look at. And, um, you know, I think that approach I want to have going into this one is just, you know, um, we can talk about the highs and the lows a little bit, right? Because I think it, it, that is what happened. W- obviously, the outcome wasn't what we needed it to be. And the Packers, as a team, need to be better than they were. Um, but, you know, on the uh, if you told me after two weeks that uh, Jordan Love with six touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and um, I'm fairly confident, if I'm not mistaken, I saw today that, uh Jordan also is leading the league in uh, I think it's um uh, pass percentage I think is what I saw something along those lines so like Jordan Jordan's been very efficient he's been very good and I want to talk more about that but um yeah it's disappointing loss anytime the packers lose even going into this year where we knew there'd be growing pains I think everybody in the outset said Oh man, you know, oh, they're, they're going to have some rough games, but then, you know, we're one game in, two games in the first loss and the sky's falling for some Packer fans. I'm not there yet. Um, but yeah, I'm disappointed after this game. Cause I honestly thought going into the fourth quarter, this Packer team was going to pull it out and it didn't happen. Um, what's your head at right now, Wags, you know, you've had 24 hours or so to process what happened. I'm kind of curious what your read is so far.
0: Yeah. I think this, well, first of all, you go into the game without, Aaron Jones without Christian Watson for the second straight week. And then surprisingly without David Bakhtiari, which I know has been a a lightning rod point as well for some Packer fans. Uh, And then you lose Elton Jenkins uh, during the game. Um, You've got Rashawn Gary that's out there, but clearly on a pitch count in terms of the number of snaps he's getting. And you're, you know, you lose by one to Atlanta (laughs) on the road. I think, in a, and you say, well, Jordan Love played really well, um, for the most part, for, for most of the game. I think in the fourth quarter, which we can get to, there was some opportunities missed there, which, where, where you'd like to see some growth for sure. But, um. Then you'd be think, wow, that was a gritty performance. The team just stepped up, they battled, and were right in. in, in a game where on paper, not that Atlanta seems like a great team this year, but that's that's got the recipe for the type of game that that you're not going to be in at the end of the game. So um that said, on the flip side, I think what's disappointing is we did see a lot of some of the flaws in the team and the coaching that we've seen over the years so we'll get to that too um as we get it further into the discussion but yeah dan just to start with jordan love um Another really solid performance. I know statistically it only 150 yards passing, but, um, vertically, uh, picked up over 80 yards in downfield passes because of those pass interference penalties, which in both of those I thought were, were nice throws. Uh, the first one for sure he had wicks. Uh, that would have been a touchdown. Um, I, I, I maybe he gets caught from behind as he's adjusting or catching the ball. Uh, but those are, those are the types of throws that, Um, can definitely really open up this offense over the course of a 17-game season. Uh, So that was really encouraging. I thought he had some nice strikes, some nice decisions, um, particularly uh, as he got in rhythm in the second quarter. Started a little bit slow again for the second week in a row, but uh, really got a rhythm in the second and third quarter. Um, And uh, just unfortunately, I I don't think – the offense was out there enough in the fourth quarter. They had two straight three and outs before that last possession. Um, and so it's hard to get a rhythm in that situation. Um, I So I, I think part of that's on Jordan. Uh, they had in the first possession of the fourth quarter, uh, first play call, nice play action. He's got uh, a Dobbs, I believe, kind of on a post corner route. He's open, uh, not the easiest throw, but You know, you'd like to see him complete that. So I don't know if he and Dobbs were not quite on the same page. Looks like Dobbs kind of flattened out the route and Jordan kind of uh, thought he was going to break further up the sideline. And so that was really the main reason for that throw not being completed. I, You know, that's the type of play that if the Packers complete that to start the series you can play this ifs, ands, or buts game. Um, they might go down, respond, go back up by minimally, uh, seven, eight points, um, as Atlanta had just scored to open the fourth quarter. And that could be a different ball game down at the end, uh, of regulation. So, um, it's something that Jordan needs to improve on. Obviously, he's responsible for the execution out there on the field. Um, I thought Coach LaFleur got a little too conservative in that second series uh, of the fourth quarter when they were up by two after holding Atlanta to the field goal. Um, we've seen that over the years with coach LaFleur. I think you, you in particular probably pointed out and, and, and I have too, but we've been, that's something that's, that's, I think fair criticism of coach LaFleur. Uh, there's been times where you had MVP Aaron Rodgers and it seemed like maybe quarterback and coach weren't on the same page in some of those fourth quarter drives. Um, now it's, you know, Jordan Love and it's got a, a whole bunch of different skill players as well. And it manifests itself. Now it's only one game, but that's something that I was hoping was in our rear view mirror. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like this is going to be another opportunity for coaching staff and players on the offensive side of the ball to. Learn how to instill that killer instinct and uh execute better in the fourth quarter and play a four four quarter game instead of getting really conservative and and not attacking maybe as much or executing as well in some of those fourth quarter situations
1: um, what is that about I, I i'm I'm very curious your your take because um, That's been a criticism, I think, of this Packers team, frankly, since, since um, Coach Lafleur's taken over. And this isn't going to be yeah. me piling on Matt LaFleur, but there is a lack of urgency at times, uh, especially early in the season. This is a team that can sometimes start slow. This is a team we've talked about as nauseam that when they kind of get punched they don't have that counter punch back that you would like to see out of out of that you know a special football team at times and you know yet again it felt like in the fourth quarter when when the chips were all out there and the game was on the line um, and, and this isn't just the offense, by the way, this was a full team effort. I feel right. like, unfortunately, uh, they, they kind of shrunk when the lights got the brightest and that, that, that guts me to say that. Cause I love this team, but I, I don't know if it's an individual effort. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I just, what I, what I thought yesterday, and I made note of this was, um, you know, through three quarters and into the fourth quarter, I went, man, if they lose this football game, it's not because they don't have the talent. So what does that mean exactly? And I get that experience, and and some winning is an earned and a learned thing in this league to a certain extent. But at the same time, they were the better football team. They're a better football team than Atlanta. And for some reason, yet again, they kind of got punched, didn't have that counterpunch, and they kind of just – folded and i'm curious you know do you have a thought of of a, why this is becoming and is a trend at this point because it's not becoming a trend it truly is a trend this team has a hard time um closing out games it doesn't have that killer instinct so to speak
0: yeah and that's why i started with coaching because listen um players have good performances bad performances i think you could, there's plenty of blame to go around we're not looking to scapegoat anyone i i mean that's that seems to be what some irrational fans like to do, Uh, but yeah, the players needed to execute better on both sides of the ball in the fourth quarter period point blank. There's lots to look at on tape. Um, And we'll get to the defensive side uh, a little later, but that's, that's the thing that I'm looking at, Dane, when, when you're looking at the trends and you've got different players, you've got a different quarterback, you've got different uh skill players. I I mean, obviously I know Aaron Jones has been there the whole time. Um he wasn't out there yesterday, but the that's that's what's frustrating to me is some of these situational uh opportunities. Um and I haven't gotten the exact splits, but I did go and look back and uh Packers offense by quarter um you know points scored they're very good in the second quarter. <laughs> they're generally been solid in the third quarter. Um, it's interesting. They've been good some years in the first quarter. Uh, you know, uh, we had a couple of years that we weren't as quite as good. Um, but usually coach LaFleur, has got a really good game plan. And I think the backers come out and, and, and execute it. Unfortunately, uh, I think the trend that we see is that he hasn't necessarily, I don't know if he's not as good at the adjustments or the other coaching uh, that they're in the opponents in certain matchups are, are doing a better job of adjusting to what the Packers are doing uh, as you get later in the game. Um, but that game flow seems to knock them off. And one of the things that was interesting and in where I mentioned that the Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback coach dynamic is some of that can be an identity crisis where, you know, you're fighting against each other of what you're trying to do from a game flow standpoint. Are you going to be a power run team and, and finish teams off that way? Or are you going to, you know, be continue to be attacking through the pass and. In past years with Rodgers, it did seem like at times Coach LaFleur would shuffle between the two, which you could say is, well, that's good coaching in theory, depending on who you're playing against and how the game flow is. Um, that being said, it doesn't, it does seem like there's a disturbing trend where the Packers have been unable to put teams away. So it hasn't been a positive the way, um, and this is a little anecdotal. So I, I, I mean, but. It's not just us seeing this, right? Dane, it's, it's, it's clearly something that's been a, a concern or an issue. Um, and so this is, again, this is just one game. I'll be interested to see how both the team and the coaching staff responds. We've got different opponents, so we're not going to be playing the Atlanta Falcons, but, um, we came into this game, uh, thinking that we had some advantages and that we would be able to, uh, run the ball uh, more effectively. Atlanta, uh, was able to aggressively shoot the gaps as we talked about in our preview. Um, and unfortunately, uh, we just didn't get the run game going. And I think that's what really affected the rhythm of this offense. The later at, at, that it got in the game, um, that second possession of, of the fourth quarter, which was just so critical. Um, you can say that was play calling. A.J. Dillon just got to pick up the first down on third and one. He stumbles over his feet a little bit. There wasn't the biggest hole there, but you've got to power back. There was enough of a crease. Stay on your feet. Keep your center of gravity and push the pile forward. Get Get your... Get minimum your two yards, move the sticks, and then that can maybe start to, to see where things can go from there. So it's, it's a mix. And, and I don't want to kill anyone here, Dane, but I'm, I'm curious if you have any other thoughts on that as well.
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, it. it... It's frustrating. It was frustrating watch A.J. Dillon run the ball yesterday. Um, early in the game, I thought that he, his pad level was extremely high, something they talked a lot about in the offseason. Um, he's he's too big to only break one tackle in the game. And by my count and going back and looking at stuff, I only see one broken tackle. Um, that's that's not enough with, the, with a guy his size. And I agree. I, I will be the first to say, and I'll join you in the chorus of, you know, the offensive line had some challenges yesterday. And, and certainly when you're down your two top uh, you know, offensive lineman on the left side there. That is a problem. Um, but that being said, all of that said, there's two yards in front of you and you're right. Um, that was the time when we just needed AJ Dillon to go pick up two yards. He's a big back. You're supposed to get those two yards there. Um, I think I hate comparing guys, but I think Aaron Jones gets those two yards. I think Patrick Taylor gets those two yards. He gets what's in front of him. So, um, you know, I, I, I was very, very frustrated, uh, by AJ. I thought he had some really nice series, by the way, um, in, in this game. I don't think it was all bad. I saw him run very strong on a couple of runs as well. Um, but so far through two games, he, I think his, um, his long is eight yards. He's under three and he's right around three and a half yards a carry, which just, that's, that's, that's average. And, and I think he, he, he can be better than that. We saw it a couple of years ago, how strong of a runner he can be for this team. So, um, I was very disappointed, uh, in that. And, and also I was, I was fairly disappointed in, in, in coach LaFleur's, um, lack of ability to give Emmanuel Wilson a little bit more run too. Um I thought that the first run was 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 a really poor decision uh to kind of that that pitch to the outside that that's just something especially when we're talking about you know Bakhtiari's not going you've got a young left tackle in there and you're trying to run to the left side against a defense that's fast enough to get to the corner like that that made no sense second run Wags I thought Emmanuel Wilson had a really nice run and to my recollection I don't know if they went back to him again I would have liked to have seen the young back get a couple more touches. Uh, and I and I thought it was also telling that um, on that final drive, Patrick Taylor was the running back in. Now we know his pass protection is really strong, um, but still just, you know, all of these things, I know it's scattered what I'm saying, but it's just telling. What the running back situation was yesterday, um, a, a, that, you know, I just don't think AJ Dillon had a, a very strong performance and the offensive line didn't do him any favors. And when you combine those two things, it makes for a really tough fourth quarter when you're just not able to get the yards needed to put a team away.
0: Yeah. Uh, Manuel S- Wilson did have three carries okay, for five so I yards. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do wonder uh, you mentioned that first carry that he had. He, he didn't probably make the best decision by going. More, uh, side to side than just trying to get, a, get upfield and, and at least get to the line of scrimmage. Um, sometimes it's tough when you, you don't have an opening and you got a young guy coming in. He's trying to make a play, right? So I, I don't blame him necessarily. That's just a learning opportunity for him, but I agree. Dane, we talked about this was not a good. Matchup, this defense was not a good matchup for an AJ Dillon type runner coming into this game. We needed someone that has more of that cutback ability. Um, so I think Emmanuel Wilson. May have been a better matchup. He didn't get enough carries to show that. Um, he didn't get an opportunity to get any type of rhythm. Um, uh, so that's, that's something that maybe the coaches will be going back and looking at. And, and hopefully we've got Aaron Jones coming back healthy this week. Uh, but if there's ever a, a situation like that, it is, it is a matchup driven thing. Um, Maybe there's matchups. AJ Dillon is, is better suited to, to be that lead guy. Uh, but I think Emmanuel Wilson certainly showed enough in the preseason. You're carrying him on this 53 man roster. Use him. Uh, if it's not a good matchup for your other guy use this young kid and see what he can do uh, maybe he, it, it just takes one if he finds that crease finds that cutback lane and all of a sudden you can get a little bit uh, of momentum going in the run game uh, that could have uh, really changed some things up as well so um, well, right being, and
1: I'll just I'll, let me just add one more thing I mean d- don't don't say and nobody can say oh he doesn't have the experience I mean Dontavious Wix is out there uh, Wix is out there balling right Jaden Reed who I wanted to ask you about in a second but this is already an exceedingly youthful uh, position group, um, you know, the skill position group with wide receiver and tight end. What's one more um, when the matchup seems to favor somebody like Emmanuel Wilson a little bit more. Um, But, but Weggs, I I wanted to mention Jaden Reed. Um, This is your guy. You you predicted Jaden Reed was going to be extremely good for the Packers. As soon as they drafted him, you said he's the man. Um, Two touchdowns later looked extremely explosive. He's not shrinking with the opportunity in front of him. In fact, he's seizing the opportunity. I don't care. Christian Watson comes back. Um, Jaden Reed's still going to be a massive target, I think, for for Jordan Love. So what do you make of Jaden Reed? Let's look at some of the positives. Holy smokes. Dude looks like a real player for this team.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, and he is a, a, a dynamic threat uh, from anywhere he lines up on the field. Um, they were able to use him in that red zone for that first touchdown uh, with that motion. And that's been something that I think has been missing from this offense in the last couple of seasons. So I, I'm just thrilled to see uh, for both for him and for us as Packer fans to see Jaden Reed prove, uh, that he belongs, uh, not only out there with the Packers, but in this league as someone that I think could become a real threat down the road. I'm, now I'm not as, as high as I am on him, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say he's an all pro. Uh, I mean, he's still got a ways to go, but I, I'm definitely, as you know, very, very high on Jaden Reed. He was the guy that I was most excited to talk about after the draft, um, and uh, I, I, there's nothing that's going to slow me down uh, to to continue that. But, Dane, how about Jaden – I'm sorry, uh, Dontabian Wicks, a really nice touchdown for yeah. him as well. Just a strike from love, but a really nice route. Um, you mentioned Wicks was the guy that they sent deep uh, on that first vertical route. It didn't have to be him. Um, so clearly they're really high on, on this, uh, young player as well. So exciting to see both of those guys contribute in the past game and, and Luke Musgrave in the first half. I, I really would have liked to see he didn't get any targets in the second half. I think there w- would have been some opportunities we talk about in those fourth quarter situations where you just need to get some yards and get some some rhythm and uh you know stay on the field move the sticks a little bit that uh tight end can be such a a dynamic release valve he was doing some really good things in the second quarter I, i really don't know why they went away from him uh down the stretch of this game as well because frankly i think he could have picked up some some much needed yardage to give this offense some rhythm as well
1: yeah, and and yet again for two, second week in a row, Musgrave gets the lion's share uh, at tight end. He plays a significant uh, number of snaps uh, compared to everybody else across the board. DeGuara um, uh, again plays kind of more of that fullback role, uh, less of that that inline tight end role, and then um, and then uh, you know Sims and. Um, and uh, Tucker Kraft, I think Kraft only got a couple snaps uh, as an inline tight end for the Packers. So Musgrave really is getting that, that lion share at the tight end. But Dontavious De- a- uh, Wicks, man, what a, what a cool story. Really fun. We're very, very excited and proud of him. I mean, fifth round pick uh, playing, playing uh, you know, uh, at such a high level for the Packers early on, I thought in week one. Um, uh, had, you know, didn't, didn't get as many looks, but in week two, they let it rip. He's got, he's got the speed. We said in the, in camp, dude's got the speed. He showed off the speed. Uh, he, he, he makes the catch. He makes the play. I love that little shimmy off of that, uh, that safety that was on him to, to, you know, for him to take it to the house on that touchdown play. Um, I, I it's so funny and it's so interesting, Wags, because, uh, this is a position group um, all off season the, the national pundits talk about the Packer wide receiver group. Oh, was this the thinnest, uh, a receiver group in the league and all this stuff. And all of a sudden I start to look around and I, I, and I go, you know, you get Christian Watson back. You get Romeo Dobbs, uh, you know, his hamstring. He played 80% of the snaps yesterday. So he's, he's getting better and, you know, healthier and healthier. And then you look at Jaden Reed with his two touchdown performance in only a second game. And then you look at Dotavius Wick, you look at Emily Keith, right? You start to go down this list and you go, they, they're, they're youthful but it doesn't mean they're not really damn talented. So I'm I'm so excited about it. That's why I'm a little upbeat today. Um you know, going into this because we we have so many guys that I think can be real impact players in the National Football League and then I I and I don't before we go to the defense, I really don't I, I don't want to shortchange Jordan Love because there was some stuff that I really noticed from him. The two takeaways I really had, and I want to—I'm curious if anything stuck out to you. Uh, the first one was actually on that fourth down play uh, to end the game. Uh, even though Samari wasn't able to bring the ball down, what a throw! Pressure in his face, fourth down. Jordan Love threw an absolute missile. Um, at, at, uh, at Tory and gave him an opportunity to make the play. So that, that's number one. That is a very hard play to, to, uh, that throw to make. Number two, I kept saying it out loud to myself yesterday. Jordan Love just sees the field really well. We see so many young quarterbacks or, or guys that are less experienced in, in starting in the National Football League that look hurried. They look like, you know, they, they maybe they, they they dial in on one wide receiver and that's it or one read. Jordan Love is very comfortable at keeping the pulling the ball back down, looking, scanning and finding the right guy. Um, did he miss a couple guys yesterday? Sure. Um, that's to be expected. Hell, we've seen Aaron Rodgers miss guys uh, even in his MVP season at certain times. Uh, But I was just really impressed by his poise yet again to be able to scan the field and and often, more often than not, find the open man in pressure situations. So just really exciting with that. And again, without some of your top receivers out there with the left side of your offensive line, without your running back one, for him to just stand in the pocket and make some of those throws and find some guys and fit it in some tight windows, I thought that was really, really cool to see. And uh, I'm excited because I really think there's still more chance for him to grow. So how couldn't we? Be excited about Jordan Love right now.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to pour water on your point because I agree with pretty much just everything you said. Uh, the The money situation was having the ball back with 57 seconds left, the chance to go down the field and kick a field goal and win the game. Um, so that's that's where I would expect him to learn and grow. Uh, what 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 you really have to do in that situation and is you got to get that first completion. I, and they had plenty of time. To go over the middle, it doesn't matter if you pick up five yards, you pick up two yards, you pick up 12 yards. If you get any yards, now the defense has to run and, and move. And everything is, is you know, the wheel starts spinning a little bit. You put the defense on its heels. You just get that rhythm, get that first completion. Maybe it's five yards over the middle. And then you can go quick line up. Defense is scrambling a little bit to line up. Not a lot of time to, to get a play call. Called in, you could do a little out route to the sideline, pick up six more yards, first down, move the sticks. Now you've got that that forward momentum. Maybe twenty seconds comes off the clock, but uh, so you don't have all day. But that's that's really the biggest thing that uh, I was hoping we would have been at least at, at move the sticks one two times, get down there. Maybe they don't end up getting into field goal range, and you kind of have a desperation heave at the end, but. Um, that That was the only thing that was a little bit disappointing in terms of his situational uh awareness and it it wasn 't for lack of effort i mean obviously he was trying to get the completions and just didn't connect but I think you gotta take the easy pass uh in in on first down in that 2 minute offense scenario get the defense on its heels moving scrambling and that's where you're going to get the advantage as an offense in those situations so that would be my only uh critique i think of of his ability uh, in some of those situations he wasn't as good uh, or the Packers offense in general wasn't as good on third down as they were in week one against the Bears or three for nine on on third down Um, so that's something that we know kind of fluctuates sometimes week to week and uh, I would expect them to bounce back and hopefully have a better performance in the weeks ahead Um, but last thing about Jordan Love I want to hear your take on him taking
1: responsibility for that sneak um, what, what's your take on that? Because I, 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 for one was actually pretty impressed with how he handled, uh, the, the post game interview and just kind of curious your take.
0: Yeah. So I was a little bit surprised that they apparently actually were going to try to do the quarterback sneak in that situation. Um, first of all, but, uh um, yeah, post game press conference, Jordan Love said that he didn't get the right, uh, um, right call, uh, at the line of scrimmage. And he, so therefore he was taking responsibility for, the botched uh, false start um and nobody else had the 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 appropriate call uh for the snap to be uh, ready to go so that's whether that's true or not uh, maybe it's true maybe it's not um i just think that shows tremendous leadership on jordan's part um and honestly that accountability is a breath of fresh air i don't need to get into all the reasons why um but i will just say that that's that's real leadership right there um, so not only the poise in most of those situations and, uh, you know, yeah, he was poised even in that last series. It wasn't like he was rattled or, or making really bad throws. I think his really, really, his one really bad throw was the first possession of the third quarter when he should have had his first interception of the season, um, on third down, he threw it right, right. I think to Terrell, uh, on uh, kind of an out route, uh, but. Yeah, no, to that point, Dan, I'm glad you brought that up because um it's it's not just about what you do on the field. It's about, you know, um leading these guys in the locker room and and they all see that and, and that that's why they're rallying around him. So I, I expect positive things from him in the weeks ahead. Um Dane, should we move over then to the defensive side of the ball? I, I think there sure. might be some more grievances, I think both players and coaching uh in in terms of how we assess this one. Uh certainly you can say that the Packers were good situationally on the defensive side of the ball in the first half. Uh, I would argue that the Falcons may have shot themselves in the foot more than the Packers were good situationally. Uh, but you can, you know, argue to your bullet in the face on that one and neither side is going to be right or wrong. Um, but I just going to turn it over to you. What's what stood out the most um, other than the same old story of the Packers not being able to slow down the run game of the opposing team when that's really all, you know, they want to do coming into the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, couldn't stop the run. Uh, absolutely. Was, was the story of the day. Um, I don't care how good B. John Robinson is. And by the way, that dude's super good. I I said yesterday, he reminds me of Adrian Peterson. I mean, like, and, and that, I don't just say that dude looks like different on the field. So um, Falcons got a guy uh, in him, but He also was benefited from some pretty nice running lanes, unfortunately, that I just didn't think that the the Packers defensive line in particular was going to allow to happen. I didn't think the Falcons matched up well against this Packers defensive line. And so I was very frustrated by that. Um, Very frustrated by a couple key players in this Packers secondary, uh, Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage are are the two guys that come to mind for different reasons. Um, And I just, they, they were not, I, they weren't aggressive. I thought that they should have added a, um, a an eighth guy, bring an eighth guy down in the box, and really try to stop the run and make Ritter try to beat them through the air. Um, I don't think they did that, and unfortunately, even when they didn't do that, Ritter was able to make some very, very big time throws in important moments on our number one cornerback, Jair Alexander. I thought Jair Alexander had the worst game I've ever seen a play as a Packer, and I and I'm not trying to be. Um, you know, extra when I say that. I sincerely mean that. He got torched a number of times and in key moments. Um, so I'm very frustrated by some individual players on the defense. And I'm I'm frankly pretty frustrating. Joe Barry, yet again. Um, if I'm being real with you, I just um it didn't seem like he, and I want to hear your take on this, but he what a vanilla boring game plan. I don't know what he was trying to do to stop the Falcons. It was kind of like defensive coordinator by numbers. Yet again, they weren't trying to take away the best players. They were kind of just like rolling guys out there. Um, It's like what I would do in Madden, uh, but it's not what I think an NFL defensive coordinator should do, particularly when there's this many talented guys that we think we have on defense. So I, I turn it to you. I mean, what went wrong uh is this a Joe Barry situation yet again? Um, because I, I think it's fair to say, and in my perspective, it's not Joe Barry. It's not the players, it's a little bit of both. Um, there's some individual guys I'm very frustrated with, but also Joe Barry's scheme was 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 pretty damn bad yet again.
0: Well, I I hate to say this, but I, I don't think there's anything different week to week about Joe Barry's scheme. Um you said it, vanilla. Um, it's it's basic. When the players don't play well, that's when the flaws really get exposed. And yesterday, uh, there's a, a lot of individual players on this defense that just did not play well, particularly the guys that you think are going to be the stars. Kenny Clark, I thought, had a really good sec- first half um didn't seem to have as much impact in the second half now i don't know if he was just getting worn down by the fact the packers were out there for 83 plays um and that's that's a lot of plays for the defense to be out there in a game and normally you're looking 60 65 maybe just uh, under 70 plays tops for a defense and they're out there i actually more than 83 plays i think and that's that's just a ton of snaps for the defense to be out there, it, and that becomes sort of the chicken or the egg thing. Defense can't get off the field, but offense isn't playing complementary football with three and outs, so nobody's helping each other in those situations. And um, and, and yeah, you said it. it, it this I, we came in. I, I'm sorry, but Ritter is not a very good quarterback in this league. And uh, give him credit, as you said, he made some plays down the stretch but he looked pretty awful for 3 quarters i mean he looked bad he looked like he was one of the probably 5 to 7 worst quarterback starting quarterbacks in the league for 3 quarters and the the defense just kept bending 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 and and unfortunately they just didn't have an answer for um for B. John Robinson. And so uh, the Falcons were able to get within that one score and that that's that's just changes the game because uh yeah Ritter made some th- throws to London as you pointed out against Jair. Um but the defense gave him the opportunity to do that by not not slowing down the run game. They all of their third downs it seemed like were third and one to third and four at maximum. Uh, so you know you give offenses short uh, down and distance situations on third or fourth down, and and that's that's going to be. A tougher sledding for the day that that gives them their full playbook um, and their best players the running back uh, you mentioned Madden what he, that Joe Barry's doing stuff on Madden uh, honestly I felt like Arthur Smith was doing stuff on Madden he was just isolating Bijan Robinson hot routes running hot route running and it was just crazy it's I don't understand how he could get so open uh, everybody's looking at that play uh, key play down the stretch with uh, Devonda Campbell lined up against him on uh, on uh, 10 yards off the ball I'm stumbling a little bit here just thinking of that moment but I mean there was a there was a, a, a pass out of the flat uh, earlier in the second half and nobody was within 10 yards of him and it's like he's the one guy how that's just un, unacceptable um it part of me says well Joe Barry doesn't give the guys the you know the communication that says don't cover the best player um so that might be more on the players than it was on Joe Barry and on that particular one but at the same time, it's just we keep seeing this uh, over and over and over in the three years in his tenure, and it's just frustrating that we don't seem to have, the, as you said, the right game plan uh, against mediocre to below-average offensive football teams, and they can just come out here and run the ball like this on us. And, and so New Year, same story on the defensive side. Um, I will say, though, Dane, do you expect that the defense will respond in terms of not missing so many darn tackles like they did this week because that that was just to me the that added salt to the wounds as far as I was concerned
1: well it's it's it, it was it was brutal and um you know I hope so next week but you know that we're we're playing the Saints next week and I and I know Jamal Williams is going to want to beat the Packers he liked beating them last year in Detroit so you know like a, he's a bowling ball out there so I'm just I'm frustrated I'm frustrated right now with this defense across the board. Wags, Question for you. I mean, as as much as there was a lot of stuff. I mean, I thought the play of the game in a negative way for this Packers team was the Darnell Savage um, miss. Uh, what happened there, man? Because it looked like Savage had a chance at the minimum to just knock the ball away at a maximum to intercept. And somehow Hollins comes down with that football. But I thought that that completely changed the entire game. If That ball either ends up in Savage's hands or is just an incomplete pass. I think the Packers get out of this game. I really do. So what? What? What goes down there? How does Savage mis- miscalculate that ball? And, and and I ask because like this isn't the first time in Savage's career we've seen this kind of miscalculation where it looks like he's going to come down with a football and the other uh, offensive player comes down with it instead.
0: Yeah, you just jumped too soon. I right, watched that play. What what else can you say? But what you did is it was a miscalculation. Uh, he just didn't play the ball. I, I don't know if in that moment he thought he was going to get his hands on it and get the interception. Honestly, though, like you just have to have the awareness if you don't have full body control and, and in front of that football and he was coming from an angle just knock the ball pass breakup. Don't, don't try to be a hero. Just, just make this fundamentally sound play. And for better or worse, Darnell Savage has been someone that likes to take risks and gamble to try to make the hero play at times over his career. He played really well in week one, you called it out. Um, And deservedly. So he got kudos for, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a surprise performance um uh, this week, we saw a lot of what caused him to get benched last year, uh, not only on that play, but in his run support. He was just a matador. I mean, he was just flying up trying to make a play, but just no ability to break down was just missing tackles right and left. And, it's you know, that's not how you make a play. If you're just flailing at someone trying to be a heat-seeking missile and throw your body at someone's feet, uh, especially someone as good as Bijan Robinson, it's not going to be that hard for him to duke you. Uh, which we saw again and again and again. So, uh, Darnell Savage wasn't the only one. Um, that was was missing on Robinson, but I think though that was he was one that was glaring uh, on a number of plays. Um, that that last series, uh, they go for it on fourth down, which is a little bit surprised by because they could have just kicked the field goal and and taken the lead um they were able to milk the clock a little bit more um that was a play that uh, not only savage but i i, I believe uh, Devonda campbell uh, missed a tackle and it's just it's frustrating when when these guys are Maybe not schemed to be in the strongest position, but then they're just compounding it by by not um being fundamental and sound in, in how they're uh, attacking the lanes and 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 wrapping up and and doing the most basic things that you learn how to do in fifth and sixth and seventh grade football. Um, and so yeah, yeah, the Falcons are talented. Give them credit. But you said at the top, I think the biggest thing that was frustrating with this defense is, quite frankly, I just felt like we had a big um, mismatch advantage uh, along the front. And unfortunately, that didn't manifest itself, particularly in the second half.
1: From a positive perspective on the defensive side of the ball, did anybody stick out to you? Quay Walker stuck out to me as somebody who I thought played a really nice football game for the Packers. uh, Second week in a row for him that he just he stood out, seemed to be the best player, I thought, on the defense. From my perspective, he um, outsnapped Campbell pretty significantly, too. Um, So so he's somebody that I thought played all four quarters. And, um, you know, was, was super physical, was trying to shed blocks. Unfortunately for him, a lot of times he had guys on him and he was trying to shed blocks to make a tackle, but he was super active, I, I thought, not afraid to, to obviously get in there and stick his nose in some business. But did anybody uh, – did, did he stick out to anybody else, stick out to you, Wags, on the defensive side of the ball?
0: Yeah, I think Razul Douglas has been playing well through two weeks, and I, I thought he had a solid game yesterday as well. Um Certainly, it's, it's hard to have anyone really stand out. Um, you, obviously, Quay Walker is another guy that would like to have another opportunity to come down with what could have been his second straight week with an interception. And it looked like he had a lot of green in front of him in this one as well. So, um, that said, interestingly, uh, I believe the Packers offense scored in the next series, so they picked him up. Um, so, Depending on how you want to look at it, it didn't technically cost the Packers any points, um, as they were able to take, take the ball and, and go down and score in the next possession. But certainly, uh, would have been nice to, to have Quay Walker coming down. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, I thought Rudy Ford had a, a little bit of a bounce back from week one, wasn't his strongest performance in, in the first game, but, um, it was, was pretty sound overall, uh, yesterday and a tough overall defensive, Performance um, and Kenny Clark, uh, as I uh, mentioned earlier in the first half, I thought was really disruptive, uh, especially in some of those situations and, and passing situations, and was was really getting a lot of movement up the middle. Um, so that was nice to see. Uh, but um, yeah, the overall this front just needs to 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 really, really, I think, respond, and I I, I, I just. I wonder too. You know, you talk about Joe Barry as kind of the lightning rod in defense, but what about some of his his defensive coaching staff? I, I mean, Jerry Montgomery has been in charge of this defensive line, and I think he had a lot of excuses in past years with maybe not that much talent on this defensive front. I don't think he has that excuse this year, does he, Dane? So uh it's not just on. The coordinator uh but some of these position group coaches need to make sure they're coaching their guys up and are, are ready and and uh to go out there and perform at a high level uh motivate them to perform at a high level um so uh, perhaps we need to put some scrutiny on some of those guys as well because it just as you said it didn't seem like the defensive line was soaking up blocks at a minimum Uh, which is what, what their first job is. Uh, but they also just, just seem to really disappear in terms of applying any pressure or getting any upfield, um, um, pressure in in the second half uh, as they were in the first half. So, um, those would be the other guys I think worth mentioning on the defensive side. And, uh, look, hopefully, you know, your star players are going to respond. I think Devondre Campbell, um, didn't have the best year last year, but I still think he's a, a, a really solid inside linebacker. Jair, I know you've not been a huge fan of, of kind of how his approach, but he's clearly a really premium player, but he's got to deliver. He's got to bounce back and step up. So um, in the past, I think he has. I, it just needs to be controlled and it's got to be consistent. And I think that's the frustrating thing that we haven't necessarily seen, um, from some of the individual star players on the defense as well. Um, Rashawn Gary, I know he got beat pretty badly on that fourth down that Ritter scored. Um, I'll give him a little bit of a pass. I think, uh, I'll, I'm going to reserve, uh, judgment on, on Gary until he's back to full health and, and playing more snaps out there. Um, he didn't have quite the impact though that I, I was hoping he would, uh, this week. So it wasn't his best performance either. So, uh, you know, I, I think you've got to certainly have your best players out there at performing at a high level, um, to, to cover up when, when perhaps we don't have, The best scheme week to week uh, from the from the coaching staff. So, uh, Dane, any other thoughts as we close up on this defense? Um, Nothing else on defense.
1: Um, I'm just uh, thinking. I was happy Anders Carlson uh, hit hit some field goals again.
0: Nice to see him um, settling in here. Would have liked to see him attempt another one in the first quarter. Um, We didn't mention that either, and and that's another coach Lafleur blunder. And and frankly you know um coach Passaccia, the whole coaching staff they've got to be on top of that and um that's that's just not acceptable that we have those mistakes too so um but that being said if it's, it's done now i i don't think you the falcons can say the same thing yeah the packers lost by one it would have been nice in a one point loss to to not have potential points come off the board but you can play that game falcons probably had 13 to 17 points that they took off the board in the first half so um it's it's easy to play that if if cans or butts but um yeah uh, he was accurate so that's nice to see um yeah. and uh, the snaps have not been necessarily super on point so far this year i noticed another one that was a little wayward that Whalen had to handle yesterday as well so something to be watching as we move forward uh, hopefully nothing that impacts the ability to get the the whole uh, kick uh, uh, off in time and, and uh, accurately on time as well.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Whelan had to pull another one down and week one, we saw him have to do that too. Um, So you're right. It's, it's, it's kind of two for two here, unfortunately uh, through a couple of weeks. And then, um, I'll just say um Ennis Gaines had another really nice tackle on coverage. Um, we we put it out on social. We said, get this man on the 53. Uh he's been elevated two weeks in a row. Um, he's a gunner. He gets down the field and he makes plays. So, you know, he's he always seems to get his nose in there on, on special teams. So just another guy. You got to give props to those gunners, man. If if they're getting their nose in there and making plays, that's not an easy job. So shout out to him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, if they were just trying to use some of the pickups that they had, um, after they cut down to 53 to have a quote expanded roster. Um, but, uh, you only have so many call ups for Innis Gaines and Patrick Taylor. So, uh, once they run out of those options, it's going to be interesting how they manipulate the, 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 their, roster and and how they move forward there so dane i think that pretty much covers everything on both sides of the ball so real quickly we highlighted some some positive players but why don't we at least do our game balls of the week and uh, hand out our leap spirits the legendary big cheese players of the week that was a mouthful sorry uh I'm going to let you go first. Why don't we start on the offensive side of the ball? Curious to see who you've got nominated for our Leap Spirits Big Cheese Player of the Week on the offensive side.
1: Yeah, I, I, I tend to want to go Jordan, but I'm going to go with Jaden Reed. Two touchdowns. Looks so explosive. Um, became the weapon. St- stepped up with Watson down again with a lot of big-time players down. I, I Hard to not give Jaden Reed. And it's only his second career NFL game. Uh, the love is our Leap Spirits uh, a player of Week 2.
0: I will gladly second that, Dane. I'm sure you're not going to be surprised by that. So, um, all right. So that's official. I think Jordan gets a, a solid shout-out, uh, honorable mention, as he continues to, for the most part, do what we would have expected, as much or more than what we expected, I think, through his first two NFL starts. So um on the defensive side of the ball, Dane, I'm just going to go ahead and Second your mention uh, a couple minutes ago of Quay Walker as a defensive player of the week this week certainly as I just said you would like to see him grab that interception uh it hits him right in the hands um so that's a big potential play that could have gone the other way but um I I think he was honestly put in some difficult situations um having to man the entire second level of the defense. And, um, he, he was covering a lot of ground out there. So, uh, not, not the best day for this defense, I think, to put it lightly overall, but, um, I, I certainly, I, I would agree with you that Quay Walker was not one of the ones that was uh, responsible for a majority of the problems that we we're having. So, um, I'm happy to nominate him as the big cheese, uh, defensive player of the week this week. Love
1: it. I'm, I'm second that. Obviously, uh, he, he, he's the guy, um, for, for, for sure this week, a really strong start for, for Quay Walker year two. Very excited to see him continue to grow in this defense.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, uh, Dane, I think that just about does it for us for this episode. Folks, uh, stay tuned. Come back, join us Thursday night. We'll be doing our preview of week three. Packers are finally going to be home in Lambeau, take on really? the Saints this week. Um, so I think this will be a really, another really nice matchup. The Saints look like they're going to be a, a solid team. So this will be a, a good test for us, uh, back home. Uh, and I'll be anxious to get into, talking about that matchup and uh, what we can expect to see for week three and, and how these guys can go out there and respond after a loss. So Dane, thanks as always, folks. Join us Thursday. Thanks for following along or listening for those that you were on with us live tonight. Be legendary and go pack. Go, go pack Go. Every year I know we gonna go hard, we been that team ever since Barge Star All my cheese heads go, pack go, ain't show sure with no mercy cutting no slack, no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will say